This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host, our dad, Ryan Scott. Hello there, and welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Welcome back. This is Ryan Ryan Scott, and I appreciate you, appreciate you hitting that play button. I am super excited about uh, today's episode. We are going to jump into the big, bad world of AI. Um, That is artificial intelligence, if nobody has told you before what that means. Um, I am super interested in this topic, and I have been super interested in this topic. So I'm extremely excited to welcome a fellow Hoosier, um, Eric Sinclair, to the Big Ed Idea podcast. Eric is, like I said, he's a fellow Hoosier, uh, actually lives about three hours north of me up in Indianapolis. He's a dad. He's a husband. Obviously, he's an educator. He's a presenter, an author, and... He is the host of the upcoming, and I'm I'm really excited about this because I, I like this idea. It's called the Hot Takes and Education Podcast. So without further ado, Eric, man, welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and talk about uh, some AI stuff. And I yeah. guess I should say, too, uh, I'm by no means an expert in AI or anything like that. Like I'm an educator, probably just like most of your listeners. Yeah, right, um, right, yeah. And I'm a I'm a principal currently, and I still teach one class. Um, but I will say, like, it's something that as soon as I found out about it, it totally changed the way I started thinking about education almost immediately. So I'm I'm excited to talk about it with you all and and maybe get some ideas from you in the process too. So always. Yeah. Always trying to learn more and, and explore and see what everyone else knows as well. So I appreciate you having me, though. Hey, and don't don't you dare say that you aren't an expert, because honestly, Eric, man, that's why this podcast was created um, so many times. I know as a teacher myself, just sitting around the copy machine, just chewing the fat with fellow teachers. And we're like, you know, we have a better way. But um, nobody ever listened. Nobody wanted to listen. Mm-hmm. So that's really why I started this podcast. So, man, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm telling you, AI um, is one of those subjects that I've been following for, oh gosh, for a while now. Um, and its implications are really starting to, um, I guess, show their their head in education. So I'm super excited about that to get your take on AI. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, before we do all of that, we got to model to our listeners that uh, connections before content piece um, just mm-hmm. that that idea that you got to connect. Uh, the connect comes before the content. And so, Eric, if you don't mind, we're going to learn a little bit more about who this Eric guy is first. Sounds good. Okay, man. It. So you are a dad. I am a dad. Yes. Daughters, have, uh, sons. So uh, two daughters and one son. Right now we're mm-hmm. looking at uh, six, three, and about one and a half. 
So oh, um, a lot of fun at the house. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it's nonstop. <laughs> hey, it I is get, nonstop. I get yeah, it. Yeah. I've been through all of that. Been through all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a husband. Does your wife support you in all this education stuff? Yeah, she's been she's been incredibly supportive. Um, you know, back when you know, I was I was making barely enough to get by and uh you know she was probably finishing up college at that point that's how i know she loves me she she uh she met me when i was probably a second year teacher or something like that (laughs) and she she stuck it out with me so uh i think that says a lot about our relationship and you know she's she's amazing she's she's jumped around a bunch of different jobs and i'm super proud of her it's actually really interesting because she uh she earned her mba um, I think it was two years ago and she's finally in a position where she's actually, um, she's a customer support manager. And so she's finally in that spot where she's managing people and I'm in my first year as a principal. So I'm managing right. people. So it's really cool. We're kind of navigating this new territory together yeah, yeah. and, uh, we're, we'll give each other advice and stuff like that. So it's, it's a good time. Yeah. 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 Man, I can completely relate. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a dean at a at a school, so I'm in administration as well. And then my wife is an administrator at a hospital, um, social worker. She's a social work administrator. Uh-huh. So yeah, I completely get that. We get home and we talk about HR and we talk about all. So yes, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate. Um, Eric, you are an educator. You're up in Indy. What do you do up there in Indy? So I I am a a ten year teacher. Um, the past two years, I worked in uh, curriculum, so I was doing like district level admin curriculum work. Okay, my okay. title was the humanities director. Oh, cool. Uh, so that entailed uh, we did we did a lot of things, um, but our bigger projects were things like we did like a writing case study, and we looked at like why are our writing scores not where they should be, and like sure. how do most teachers in the district approach writing and and this was, of course, like during COVID and everything. So it was like, how are we, how are we, uh, how often are we writing in the, you know, totally virtual, virtual or hybrid right. model? Um, how are we giving feedback? How are we uh, using authentic audiences or and authentic assignments and things like that? Um, and that was really fun. And then so trying to put some of those positive changes in place. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that for a couple of years and then. Uh, I was sort of asked to be the principal of uh, a high school that is actually on its way out. So I'm, is, I'm in, I'm the principal in the school's last year of existence, uh, which is a funny situation to be in. This will relate to my words, by the way, uh, in a second. But you know, I guess what I found out in the past year, and in the past, I guess, not a year, I guess, like six months of being a principal, is like I. Like, this is more rewarding. I always thought I wanted to go the curriculum director route. And that was like the next logical step based on where I was. So I was basically the assistant curriculum director. Um, But it turns out like I really love this principal thing. And I feel like I'm having like a super big impact. um, And I'm just, you know, I'm right in the thick of it. I'm talking to kids every day. I'm, you know, sitting in on classrooms every day. So I don't know. Never a dull moment. Yeah, never a dull moment. Um, but I'm but I'm loving it. I'm loving the chaos and the the uh the wins that we tend to get from every now and again at least. So I'm That's I'm enjoying exactly. that a lot. 
Well said, man. Mm-hmm. Well said. Now, I also said that you are an author. I know you've written some articles. Uh, is that mainly around like your curriculum work? It has been everything from uh, I've talked about or I've done some writings on the topic of grit. That was actually what my dissertation okay. cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, was about. And like, is there a way to build grit in students? And I know there's there's a lot of research out there about that. So my dissertation actually became a chapter in an anthology. Um, and that was a fun process too, cutting down like 125 pages to like 12. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's a whole different writing skill right there. Um, but it was fun. And I've done some things on, um, we've done like peer mentoring programs and I've written on that and the impact those can have, Absolutely. Um, which I think can be really cool. Um, and then I've done some writing. I'm right now. I'm actually working on a, a a book. It's my. It's not education related. It's it's one of my friends' biography. Oh, very um, cool. And yeah, and and that has now been like a two year process, which that's more like a bucket list thing for me to like finish yeah. a book. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's been super cool, super fun. I actually just got off the phone with him, uh, talking about writing the next chapter, but. Uh, yeah, so that's really all I've done. I've always like had the aspiration of like doing the whole blog thing and just I and I I still plan to do that, but you know, maybe when the kids get that's what I was going to say or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's one day, but say. yeah. I totally so I would say uh, I dabble in writing. Maybe I, I I don't know. I don't know if I can call myself an author, but I I dabble. We'll say that. <laughs> no, I would definitely call you an author. Absolutely. Um yeah, I love that. You said you're a you wrote an article about building grit in kids. Love it. Love yes. it. Love it. Um, right now I'm actually, I've got a book coming out hopefully in May, April about building hope in kids and grit and hope are eerily similar. So I'd be interested to look mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. Uh, Self-efficacy. That was, that was a big uh, kind of subsection of grit, a requirement yeah, right. almost um, to, to be able to to have that grit. So yeah, definitely can relate there. Love it, man. And then, okay, before we jump into this, I got to know about this podcast you got coming up. Uh, So tell me, you know, why did you start it? What's it about? Mm -hmm. And when do you expect it to be dropped? Well, um, so I started it because I'm one of those people. I'm I'm a uh, audio learner. Okay, for sure. Um, But I do my best learning when I am arguing with somebody <laughs> so uh i get it and like people who know me will make fun of me because uh I'll, I'll get on facebook arguments twitter arguments you know i'm i i've tried to do less of that because it's just a big time suck but yeah. um but i i really learn i i really know about myself that if there's an issue that i really want to know more about if i'm up against somebody I'm going to, I'm going to research the crap out of that subject, whatever right. that is. And right. I'm going to come prepared. And, uh, and I say on my pocket, you know, I, I'm, I don't consider my myself an expert in anything really other than having difficult conversations and, and sometimes contentious conversations and trying to keep the temperature of those kind of down, um, which that's an I article. think it, it is tough and it's a skill that definitely comes in handy in the admin world for sure. Yeah, right. Right. Um, but I thought, you know what, why don't I just turn this into a podcast where I can bring on guests and in the process of, you know, arguing it out with people, I can learn some things about some 
cool and upcoming or, you know, hot topics in education that we can go back and forth on. And uh, if somebody can learn something from it, that's really cool. Um, what I try to do is I'm going to try to alternate between these sort of debate style podcast on one episode and then do like a review the next episode. That's a cool idea. Um, where I actually do kind of bring an expert on uh, to critique myself as well as my opponent and give the audience, you know, better information when I can find it. So for example, um, my first episode that should be coming out within the next couple of days um, is should should we teach LGBTQ education uh, in public schools? And so I had that's a contentious. Yep. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. Um, but the idea behind the debate portion is that, you know, because when when we debate, we tend to polarize Yep. because we don't we want to win. Right. But I try to intentionally bring us back to those the common ground that we find uh, as we're discussing. So um, that's a big part. That's It's different from a debate. Uh, I call it constructive controversy. Um, I had a professor, Dr. Jay Bickford, that, that coined that term. Um, and I always try to shout him out when I can, because I think it's a really good strategy. It's one that I use in the classroom with my students, because they are really, they feel like they want to win, but then you bring them back. Hey, let's focus on the common ground. What did we find? Right. What can we compromise on? What can we agree upon? And then, you know, try to leave it there. But can then, like I said, Washington. Yeah, I would love to. I would definitely love to. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the the whole premise of it is, hey, let's let's talk about this stuff. Let's let's get to the bottom of these issues. Uh, but ultimately, let's try to keep the temperature pretty low. And, and then let's bring in some actual experts when we can that can do better than I can, because I know there's always somebody out there who can do better than I can. Right. Um, right. And maybe they'll correct me. Maybe they'll correct my guest and, and, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. So that's kind of the format. Try to alternate it that way. Very cool. And you said it's coming out in a couple of days. Yeah, I've got, I've just finally finished editing up the first couple episodes. Uh, so the, the, the first episode is actually a friend of mine um, who I argue with about this and, and he's kind of a more conservative friend. And, um, he's got a little bit of history in education, but he was sort of my trial run, like, Hey, let's give this a shot. And, you know, my goal is to bring more educators on as we go through, but they're sort of hard to come by. A lot of us agree on almost everything. So I'm trying to find people I disagree with, but, but anyway, so, you know, we talked about trans issues. We talked about all kinds of things in that episode. Well, then our debate review, uh, episode two, I just finished that. Uh, I brought on some of my former students who are trans to talk about their okay. experience and okay. how things maybe would have been different had they had an LGBTQ inclusive education growing up. So I think it's pretty interesting. I hope, you know, your listeners come on over, take, give it a shot, see what you think. Um, and, and, and yeah, let me know because I'm always looking for new issues and new guests. Yeah. So if you are listening guys, I will make sure that I have uh linked in, um, an address to get to that podcast because I'm excited about this because I too love to debate. Um, and in education, there are so many things to debate about. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited about this one. So, Eric, yeah, we'll make sure that we drop uh, that address into the show, night, show notes. Yep. Sounds okay. good. 
Okay. All right, guys. So, okay. The next thing that I want to do is I love to find out what is going on in the lives of my guests right now, like right now. So Eric, what is going on in the Sinclair household? Um, so I chose, uh, the first word I had was hectic and we've, we've touched <laughs> on all of this already. So yeah, uh, yeah. a little bit, but you know, two toddlers, um, they have a lot of attitude. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy how different like children can be. My six year old is like, amen. Model student, super responsible. You know, uh, never wouldn't hurt a fly. And then like my two toddlers are just like fist fighting half the day every day. <laughs> I've got four, um, man. So, I get it. Yeah, and and it's just hectic all the time, and and it's tough, right? Because you know, I feel like it's hectic at work just because pretty much everywhere in education is pretty hectic, hectic and then you come yeah. home and it's always hectic. So, uh, that's my year for now. Uh, that's my hectic. current reality for sure. Okay. Um, word number two is uncertain. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned before being the principal of a sunsetting school obviously isn't the best situation to be in as far as what happens next year. Right. So, um, I don't really know what's going to happen next year. Um, I would like to be a principal. I don't know where. Um, I would like to stay with my organization, but you know there may not be any openings. So uh, it's just one of those things where got to wait and see and hope that uh, you know your work speaks for itself and hope you can land on your feet. So that's where I've I'm at there. with that. I've been there, man. Yeah. I uh, I quit my principal role after two years as a principal of an elementary school. Um, environment, culture. Not in the building itself, but district culture mm -hmm. was just not what I wanted. So I left. Mm -hmm. I completely get what you're saying, man. I can promise you, you will land on your feet and you'll look back and you'll be like, huh, this is why this happened this way. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, have faith, yeah. have faith, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, and then the last one was just rewarding. Um, oh, yeah, it's a good one. You know, I, I, like I said, my, my job, I feel like. I feel like I try to get wins and I, I apologize. And I always talk in like sports metaphors um, just because like, that's how I was that's raised and that's, that's okay. who I am. Yeah. I'll never not be like athletic minded, but uh, you know, you try to get wins and um, you know, I, I, one of the big wins that we had recently was uh, because our school is sunsetting. We have a budget that we have to spend. And I was curious, like how much autonomy I would have with that budget to be able to spend it. But one of the really cool things um, that we'll get to do is we're going to take all of our students on an uh, all expenses paid trip to Washington, D.C. Wow. At yeah. The end of the year. And so anyone who basically is on track to graduate with us will be coming along, assuming, you know, they don't have to work and they can, you know, get parent permission, all that stuff. But that was one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm, or it is one of the things I'm super looking forward to just because a lot of our kids, you know, haven't either left the state. Some of them haven't yeah. left the city city. Yeah. Uh, most of them haven't been on a, an airplane. Um, and just to be able to like gift them this experience is just incredibly, I know it's going to be rewarding. It's already rewarding that we got like the go ahead to do it and start planning and all that. But yeah, I'm just super excited for me. So that is super cool. 
That is super yeah. cool. Yeah, you are going to, you know, one of the things that I always say about school is, you know, kids don't remember who they're, you know, they don't remember the content, but they remember how that building made them feel. And I, mm -hmm. I would say that these guys graduating from your high school, um, yeah, they're going to remember that the, the rest of their life. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. I, I really hope so. Yeah, that's very cool. Okay. So my word uh, for what's going on at the Scott house is slow down. Um, so I have really tried to be conscious lately. Um, Eric, you may not know this by looking at me, but I'm 42. Um, I've got a 19 year old, 10 year old, eight year old, five year old. And my 19 year old is kind of going into that next stage of life. She's a sophomore in college. Um, she could literally, you know, literally I could be a grandparent, um, mm. at any moment. Um, <laughs> and just looking back on the time I spent with her and the hustle of trying to get to the next place, trying to earn two master's degrees, being a high school mm -hmm. soccer coach for a while. Um, I'm really, I've really learned like with these other three, I'm slowing down. So, you know, when it's time to sit with my kids, I'm really trying hard to sit with my kids when it's time to, you know, be in the car driving down the road, I'm trying to be with my kids. Um, so for you as a young dad wanting to do all of this stuff, my piece of advice was, don't forget where your feet are, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, and that's an old man. That's a super, that's a super good uh, reminder because as, as hectic as, you know, times are right now, I know I'm going to miss them so oh, bad sure, one day. Sure. And, Even the uh, fights, man. Even the fights when they're screaming and yelling and pulling each other's hair out. And yeah, you'll miss it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I will. So I appreciate that reminder. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then this next section that I love to do is the two for two. Mm -hmm. And it's just uh, I've got two getting to know you questions and you're going to flip them back on me. Uh, mm -hmm. And then after this section, we will jump into AI. I'm really excited. So I want to get to this, these questions first. Um, all right, Eric, I, imagine that I give you $100 for one store and one store only. Where? Are we going? Uh, does Amazon count? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you got to go Amazon. How, what what can't you buy really on Amazon? If I have to say like a, a store in the mall, um, because Amazon, I, I recognize as a cheat answer. It's an addiction. Um, yeah, it is. And <laughs> living in Indy where we have like the Amazon warehouse is just, oh my God, it's amazing. Like two hour um, delivery. Yeah, seriously. Um, I would probably say like finish line would probably be. As you said, you were a sports favorites. guy. Yeah. Okay. Sports shoot. I mean, any of that stuff. I'm, I'm a sucker for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, what about you? Well, okay. So actually I was thinking about this. I am an outdoors guy. Like uh, I love to be out in the woods for days at a time with my dog and my backpack. Um, my 11 year old and I were just at Academy yesterday and I was geeking out on some of their new gear. So if I was to have a hundred dollars just off, off the cup, I would go to Academy. Mm. So okay. kind of the same thing, sports stores. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think Barnes and Noble might be a close second for me too. Uh, or like half price books. Cause my hundred dollars might go a little further there. Oh dude. I'm such a nerd when it comes to books. I got to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> And then sure. my my second question for you: What is your dream vehicle? 
Oh gosh. Uh any vehicle, dream. any year. You know what I really like? I like the uh I think it's the H2 Hummer yeah. SUT. Yeah. It's the it's the one with like the little uh it's got like a little pickup bed in the back. Right. Very it, I don't I probably like a three foot bed, but I love the way those look. Um and it's if I can get one with yeah, I know. Just Hummers are just so cool to me. Um yeah, that would probably be it. I mean, I know they're like fancier sports cars and stuff like that that I would love to have or you know, at least drive around a little bit. But as far as like one you you might actually be able to do like practically, yeah. The Hummer SUT is probably one of my favorites. Okay. At one time, I had a 1977 Volkswagen van. Um, I would love to get another one back, but trick it out, like lower oh, yeah. like, uh-huh. uh, you know, I've seen, I, so I've been following this Instagram page, Instagram site page, whatever, <laughs> of tricked out uh, Volkswagen vans. Wow. I, I know what I'm yeah. doing in retirement. There's a lot of space there to be worked with and put yeah, cool things in, I'm sure. Yeah, there absolutely that's awesome. is. All right. So yours man. was not tricked out originally, is what you're saying. Um, so yeah, mine didn't have a starter. It didn't have an air conditioner. It didn't have a heater. Um, yeah. But and her name was Miss Pickle because she was bright green. Woo. But, All right. That's the yeah. color. Now that's my 18-year-old. <laughs> well, you've probably stepped your game up since. So that's good. A, a bit, a bit. <laughs> my friend, what questions do you happen to have for me? Okay, here's a minor deeper. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. So hey, one thing about me, I, I, if I'm, I'm not great at like small talk and, and all that stuff. I like to get right to it. So let's do it. Let's get right um, to it. All right. <laughs> First question. <laughs> if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would you change? Okay. Anything about the way I was raised. That is a good one. So I'm asking you to critique your parents here. Yeah. Just so we- <laughs> yeah. Mom, dad, uh, I know sometimes you listen to this podcast. Please um, turn this off right now. Um, no, no, no. I had a great childhood. Um, if I was to change anything about my childhood, man, the only the thing that's popping up in my mind right now, I wished I had played, which it, it wasn't even a thing back then, but I really would have liked to have gotten into rugby. Um, mm. I grew up playing soccer from like four till 19. But mm-hmm. now, like I'm, I, I love CrossFit and I love functional strength and I love kettlebell. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I've, I would have I've done loved, CrossFit, yeah. I would have loved to got into rugby because those guys are like badasses, and and I don't care what mm-hmm. you say. Like those are the most physically fit, at one of the some of the most physically fit athletes I've ever seen. Like they're buff, mm-hmm. but they can run like a four seven forty yard dash or something. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think my answer would have been like trying to get into strength and conditioning a little bit. Yeah more when I was younger um yeah. a, a very practical critique I wish I wish I would have been held back or like redshirted a year in school 
um, because as a high school senior, I was like 6'3", 165 maybe. I was just skinny. I was I was not physically mature yet. And then my freshman year of college, I bulked up to like 195. And I was oh, like, yeah. man, I wish... Wish Could I would have, have seen scholarships. What kind of, yeah, right. Had I had I been that size, I wish I would have, you know, just been able to see how that played out a little bit. So, cool. Um, cool. my second question is more. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't know how you're gonna feel about this one. <laughs> of all of all the guests that you've had on your show, who do you think was the most enlightening and why? Most enlightening. Mm-hmm. So the one who did you is... learn the most from? Okay. Um, the one that I probably learned the most from, that's a tough, tough decision. Um, it's probably going to be Dr. Morgan Cable. Um, I don't remember which episode it was. I know, I believe it was in the first season. So Dr. Morgan Cable, um, is a young lady that works for NASA, uh, jet propulsion lab out in California. Um, yeah. And her big thing is she really wants to increase STEM participation amongst girls. Um, Mm -hmm. she is a literal, uh, and this is my podcast, so I can tell you this. She's a literal badass in at NASA designing these, um, vehicles that can land on one of the moons of Saturn and then be able to go down like this geyser type thing, take a water sample, turn around, climb back up and then fly home. So like, wow. Yeah. Like insane. Yeah. But at the same time, she wants little, she wants kids, specifically girls that are interested in science to reach out to her so she can try to mentor them to be the future scientists. So yeah, Dr. Morgan Cable, bar none, if you haven't listened to that episode, my friends, you you need to you should check that one out. I'll go check that one out for sure. And yeah, maybe if you have her contact information, I might get that from you because I know yeah. we have a few uh, girls interested in engineering in my uh, in at my school. So that'd be really cool. Actually, man, um, uh, at, at my last high school, I had a young man that was interested in um, aerospace engineering, and I hooked him up with Morgan. He she hooked him up with a NASA some type of scientist and they ask questions back and forth. And uh, I don't know if the young man ever actually went into engineering, but um, I love to be able to hook up my students with people out there using this podcast. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. For me, for me, I would say, honestly, I mean, now I've only done a few episodes now, but I think having the, the, the trans students, yeah. Uh, for former students on that was super enlightening. And it's always really cool for me to hear things from their perspective of like when I was teaching them. Sure. Um, I love doing this. I love, you know, chopping it up with, you know, player, former players and talking about the times when I was coaching them. Like that's one of my favorite things. So um, they were, they were amazing. Alex and Mac shout out to them. That was awesome. Awesome, man. Very cool. Okay, what do you think, uh, Eric? Are you ready to jump into this whole big ed idea? I'm ready. Okay, so listeners, I gave you a little bit of a spoiler early on. Um, Artificial intelligence. Okay, so artificial intelligence is something I have really been thinking about 
Um, ever since really I read uh, Most Likely to Succeed by uh, Dr. Ted Dintersmith. Um, he also wrote the book. Um, oh, gosh, I can't. Uh, what Schools Could Be. Yes. Thank you. So this dude talks a little a lot about artificial intelligence, but how it is changing the world of work, um, how it is changing automation and automation of work and what we should really be preparing our students for. So I'm very, very, very curious now, Eric, what do you see problem in education related to AI? Yeah, so um, the problem in education is that we're going to have to change the entire thing, yeah. which is way overdue anyway, right. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I, and here's where, like, I don't know how much, and you you tell me, how much do I need to explain to listeners about, like, chat GPT and what that is? Because I can give, like, a quick breakdown if you want, um, So or do you think they'll all already know. So I'll be honest, I've no, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Well, I will talk to you like I'm yeah, you know, yeah. talk to them. Like, you know, we'll 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 lump you all in together. So chat GPT, what it is, it's an AI software program that will uh that is capable of writing on a level like a very human level. So um it's developed by OpenAI. Uh it's a company that was bought up by Microsoft. Um, if you just type in chat GPT, um, it will take you to, and I'm doing this as I talk here, it'll take you to openai.com. You can click on openai.com and like over to the left at the bottom of the page, there's a button that says try chat GPT, right? And then you can click on that. And essentially what you can do is you can type in uh, something like, Write me a five-paragraph essay discussing three major themes of Romeo and Juliet using textual evidence with an intro and a conclusion, and it will have it typed out in 30 seconds. Now, hold on. Hold on, Eric. Hold on. This is awesome, and here's why. I don't know how many classes I failed until I got my crap together in undergrad because I just refused to write a paper. Um, mm -hmm. I remember one time I was writing, <laughs> I was writing how the Wizard of Oz related to the Industrial Revolution, it, particularly the economic system of the late 1800s. And mm -hmm. it was a great idea. I wanted to do it. But then I sat down and I didn't want to write it. Eric, yeah. I'm telling you, if I had this chat GPT, I would have made straight A. So, all yeah. right. I got to know why is why is that a problem my friend? So um it's not a problem <laughs> per se. Okay. Um I think it's just going to the the problem itself is that it's going to force us to change and quickly. Yeah. Um and, and the problem is how quickly can we actually change? So like, you know, the big ship turns slow, right? Like education's right. a big ship and um Let's face it, like, we are not ready for this thing to be in no, existence. No, we're not. Um, so, uh, you know, there was an article in The Atlantic calling chat GPT basically the end of high school English class. Oh. Um, I, I don't think that it is. I think it's 
the end of high school English class as we know it. Yeah. Um, just yesterday, there's an article that came out. Um, the AI passed a Wharton MBA um, program test. Uh, it got like a B minus. Um, so it's not just high school English either. This is something that like we're going to have to consider in every single class, right? Um, and the thing is about all of this, right? We can try to fight it. We can say like, you know, I, there are things you can do, right? You can um, use chunked assignments. You can piece things down, you know, pare down and like have checkpoints on your essay. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. you know, you can do that. You can. Which is um, best practice anyway, really. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. It, you should all be doing that, right? Um, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a chat GPT output detector. So you can now run uh, paragraphs or papers or whatever you're, you're writing with chat GPT. You can run them through that and check for their authenticity. It's not perfect, but it, you know, does pretty well. Uh, you could shift to more verbal assignments. Um, you could use in-class performance assessments. Um, you could use, you know, pen and paper if you wanted, right? Uh, you could use, and this is a thing, um, uh, ChatGBT, at least in its current form, is only updated, like its database it's, that it can pull knowledge from is only updated through 2021. So you you could um, you could choose a text that's more recent than that, but even that is already failing because there's a new program called, uh, I believe it's called Sonic, right, that can pull from the entire internet. Um, so basically what I'm saying is this is all futile, right? Like yeah. this is the equivalent of our math teachers telling us, well, you're never going to have a calculator in your pocket. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So While... the best thing we can do is adapt education to, um, to encompass and, and use, utilize chat GPT um, to actually enhance learning. And that's, Again, that's not a problem <laughs> by any means, but uh, but it is going to definitely change the way we look at education. Yeah, yeah, because what I'm hearing you say, my friend, is is really what I mean. Every economic, every educational thinker, I guess, out there is talking about, and that is that the the changing workforce and the changing climate of our workforce. Mm -hmm we are just not preparing our students for, um, right. We are, both of you are in an antiqu antiquated system. Um, and what you are saying is that essentially, um, I have a, okay. So I have a freshman, freshman English teacher that it assigns. Okay. So the, their kids are, are, are reading Romeo and Juliet. Um, mm -hmm. please describe the Montagues and the, whatever the other family was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Compare and contrast the Capulets with the Montagues and their views on blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's what you would do 10 years ago. Kids would go home, work on it, come back. Now, like what you are saying, and which is exactly right, these kids literally just have to Google it, put it on their computer, put it in chat GPT, and out mm -hmm. spits this thing. So, yeah. do you think that we have to change what we're asking our students to do? Or do you think that we need to, I guess, I guess what I'm saying, what is your big idea? What, what can we do to counter this chat GPT or should we counter the, the chat? GPT? 
2019. Yeah, I, I don't think counter is the right word per se. Okay. And I do have a, a list of, I think, things that you could do right now to sort of account for it and actually use it. I want to actually go back to something you said a minute ago, just because I don't want it to pass me up. Um, the idea of like the job markets constantly changing and stuff like that. Um, another thing that chat GPT can do, uh, it doesn't just write you essays for, in English. It can write code. Oh, wow. So not only, not Holy only, because you know, six months ago, I would have said, hey, uh, Maya, that's my oldest daughter. Like, if you really want to open doors for yourself, you need to, you need learn to code. learn how to code. Right. Um, I don't even know if that, is that a waste of time now? Like, I, I, I honestly don't know what this means for the future of Theory. even like STEM careers yeah. now. Um, and, and that's just a side note that I just wanted to throw out there because it, it's even, <laughs> it's even deeper than you were describing. It's exactly um, but back to the question of like, what can we do? How can you use chat GPT to enhance learning? How can you, um, <clears throat> or what do you do to your teaching? Yeah. I think the more, I think the more you acknowledge it is probably better because if you're, if we're just going to sit here and pretend like it doesn't exist, right? right. Like right. I think that almost empowers students to use it to cheat even more. Um, but you I have a list it, of 10 yeah. things. Yeah, go ahead. Of, yeah. Uh, 10 things that you could do and ways that you could use it to enhance learning. So I'll just list them off. You can stop me whenever. Yeah. And we can talk about any of these individually. Um, And I will say I'm very, uh, you notice I piped up with the Capulets really quick. So I'm a former English teacher. Um, so a lot of this is very like humanities centric. So I apologize if uh, I'm leaving the STEM people out. No, that's uh, okay. But so number one would be to create a model text for students to use to compare it to their writing. So, you know, craft a piece of your own writing. Uh, let's type in the same thing to chat GPT and let's let's compare them. Right. What did what did the program do that you didn't and how can you bring your level up to that level. <clears throat> yeah, I like that. Um, have you ever used Grammarly? Yeah, absolutely. Before? For sure. Yeah. So this also is a, basically it can do what Grammarly can do in okay. that it can, if you just, uh, if you type in like fix the grammar errors in the following paragraph and then put your paragraph that you wrote in there, it'll give you the fixed version again oh, in wow. just a couple wow. of seconds. Wow. Um, so that's one way you could use it. I know I had students use Grammarly, like they would always have to run their essays through Grammarly before turning them in. Um, because again, like, I mean, I, I'll do a little grammar instruction here or there, but it's, it's not as, you know, it, you got to use your resources. So, but it'll do it. Um, and I think the free version of Grammarly, you got to do some extra steps in there. This is a little easier. Okay. Um, it will actually give you feedback on your own writing. So if you say, um, and you can gear that feedback to specific things or you can keep it general. Um, so if you're like revising a draft before turning it in, uh, or if you are embarrassed to show your writing to someone else, uh, cause I would run across that sometimes during yeah. a peer review session. Sure, sure. Um, that could be a replacement for that potentially. 
Um, one that I really like is the idea of like comparing and contra uh, contrasting tone and the impact of vocab given two different prompts. Uh, and when I say prompts, I, I could say like, write an email to my boss about, you know, X topic and um, make it an aggressive tone versus a friendly tone. You can do that compare with the two. Yeah, absolutely. Holy cow. Yeah. So you can compare the two and you can look at, uh, that's a big standard in, in English is yeah. looking at yeah. the impact of, uh, the impact of vocab on the tone of a piece and, you know, why the author chooses specific words in certain instances. So that's a really cool way that you could do that. Um, honestly, it can give you source information on a given topic, like a better, more concise Google, basically. Okay. And again, you can you can say, you know, use citations or, you know, and it'll throw them in there for you so you can go and find the articles. Very cool. Um, so that's five right off the bat. And then six, have students grade the bot based on the rubric that you've developed. <laughs> um, I spent so much time, Ryan, like creating like bad essays uh just so students would like know what to grade you know so yeah you can use it to, to see what to not to like do a, a positive sample and uh, yeah what not yeah. to do sample and grade it on the rubric okay um you can literally have a conversation with it so the thing i didn't describe earlier is um so after that initial prompt that you type in and it'll spit out a you know a long thing or short thing whatever you're asking it to do you can then refine it or ask questions about what it typed or what it wrote so, so have a conversation with the AI, the ai you can have a conversation with the ai holy mama that's scary yep so just okay. shatters the touring test there okay um, and, and but also you know um, and this is sort of a side thing, but you can, so say it spits out that five paragraph essay and it's like, you know, about the three themes and, you know, the intro and conclusion. And then you're like, uh, yeah, but my teacher really wants me to write, uh, a, a specific type of attention getter or something like that. So you can, you can do, you can say now add an attention getter that begins with a, you know, a surprising st statistic uh, about, you know, X oh, wow. and it'll spit that out for you. So I think honestly, one of the major skills that we're going to see emphasized in the future is how do we, A, how do we craft a good prompt? And I have a bunch of notes about that as well that I can share. How do we craft a good prompt for the AI? But then also how do we refine that prompt and get it to the point where it's finally like what we want, right? And that is a skill in itself, right? Um, so that's a little side note there, but I think that's, I think a lot of our instruction should probably oh, go sure. in that direction. For sure. Um, eight, I have brainstorm potential writing or project topics based on some type of starting point. So I don't know if you've like tried the whole inquiry questions thing, mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes kids have problem developing questions. Um, they do. And so it could be used for something like that. Uh, it can, it can adjust a reading level of an article. So if you're like, Hey, I have this article on, I don't know, the Roman empire, 
but I want it to be written at a fourth grade reading level because that's what my ELL student can read. And it will give, it'll spit back to you the same text, mm -hmm. but with a little bit uh, simpler vocab and that's maybe cool. sentence structure. Um, and then the last thing that I thought was really cool, it can create bulleted notes uh, based off a text or a video or audio transcript. So if you have like a YouTube video or like a TED talk, as a transcript, which you can usually almost always get the transcript off of YouTube, um, it will spit you. You could say, you know, give me 10 bullet points. Um, super on this useful. Topic and it'll, yeah. So think of that for your college courses, right? How much easier that would have made things. <laughs> so that's, that's the 10 things I have right there that I think we should almost already be doing. Um, yeah. I've seen, you know, uh, New York City, I think, has uh, banned chat GPT. Uh, across all their schools. I don't think that's necessarily a bad move um, because again, there is going to be that lag time of like, how do we handle, <laughs> how do we handle this new thing? Right. Um, but eventually I think we should definitely be, you know, taking the lid off the jar and letting it, letting it out and see what happens. Right. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, I think we should be using it for sure. And I love, I, I like, I really like your idea because it, it goes so much to what I think about this changing landscape of education. Um, it's, it's no longer about what our kids know, but it's about what our kids can do. Um, and what I see with you, with the, the implications of chat GPT. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm just going to say this, you know, you're from Indy. One of my favorite comedians, David Letterman, he was from Indy. Um, I would like to call this the top 10 ways to use chat GPT because, um, you know, Letterman always had his top 10 things. Yep. Very um, famous. Yep. But no, Eric, I think <laughs> I think what you've what you've brought to our table tonight is is very real and very honest. If we are going to stop for a second and really critique our system, um, like you said, AI um, is coming at us a mile a minute and we're not going to stop it. We're definitely not going to stop it. We're not going to keep our kids from accessing it. Um, and like you said earlier, I think if we try to ban it, we're just going to make it that much more appealing. Appealing is a is a wonderful, wonderful word. So yeah, what I think we should be doing is, how can we teach our kids to be using all of this incredible technology that is coming our way? Because um, 20, 30 years from now, a lot of the jobs, I mean, I've already seen um, a lot of the jobs that we take for granted now. I saw lawyers could be out because of AI. I've mm -hmm. seen accountants are gone. I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, all of these lists of jobs are going to be gone with AI. Mm -hmm. The ones that would be left are the ones that can use the AI. So, Eric, I love love the idea. Um, I'm going to have to look into chat G GPT tomorrow for sure. Yeah, it will uh, it will uh, drain several hours just playing around on that thing. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I mean, it is super fascinating. Now, what I will say, so I'm clicking on it right now just to see. Um, Oh, it worked for me. A lot of times it'll be down because it's being used so much. And oh, what okay. I found interesting too. So I, 
I sent an email to our, you know, superintendent, assistant superintendent, some of the other principals. And I was just like, Hey, have you guys heard of this? Cause this is insane. And didn't get much of a response at first. And so I, I asked our IT guy, I was like, Hey, can you run this website, like open AI in, into the search history of our students? There are already like five students using it. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So it <laughs> just, lent you more know, man, to my our arm. students. Yeah. I, I say this every day, my friend, um, literally for 23 years, we've been talking about 21st century skills. Uh, one of the top ones that we've wanted our kids is creative thinking. And I hear it every day. Our kids aren't creative problem solvers. And I call bullshit on that because every day I see kids using creative thinking, using problem solving. It may not be um, exactly the way we envisioned it. How we want no. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I see it every day, man. They already well, know. Well, shoot, if you, can, if you can use it to make your life easier, then why wouldn't you, right? And, and that's that's how some of the, that's the best goal. inventions are born, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Eric, uh, I tell you, I could go down this rabbit hole and talk AI all night long. Um, but we have to, I guess we have to start rolling this thing um, out the door. So I am curious, and I, and I know my listeners are out there, if they would like to learn more about you, uh, maybe check out some of your articles, maybe, um, you know, catch this podcast how can my friends out there in social media land how can they get a hold of you yeah um so email might be the easiest if you just okay. want to have a conversation um i'm hot takes and education at gmail.com but with uh periods in between the words <laughs> i probably should just not do that i probably should just make it hot takes and education it's easier that way um <clears throat> so uh that and then on Twitter, which is how we connected originally, right, I'm at right. Ed Hot Takes. Um, that'd probably be an easy way. You could always DM me, follow me on there. Um, I'm working on, like I said, like putting together a website with more of my my articles and stuff like that because I want to get that going for blog posts. Um, I have like a very basic one, but it's not even worth visiting right now. But, um. I plan on I plan on getting that going soon. So maybe I'll let you know and you can return back to that later. But uh yeah, for now, probably email, Twitter, best place to get a hold of me. Um again, I'll preface it and say I'm definitely not an expert in AI. It's just something I'm really interested in. And um when you start talking about the end of English class, then you're gonna my ears are gonna perk up and I'm gonna start reading into stuff and looking into it. So uh, this is what I've come across so far, and I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you learned a little bit. Um, there's so much more out there to explore, and I, I encourage you all to do it and and be a leader in your district in, in this area because it's going to be super impactful. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the fact that you're taking this technology um, and seeing the positives, put to putting a positive spin on it. Um, I think it's very easy sometimes us in education to put a negative spin on stuff, um, particularly if it goes against what we've always done, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate that, man. I appreciate anytime somebody's thinking outside of the box. Um, it has been a, a good night. It has been a fun night. Do Definitely. not, you know, 
Do not be a stranger. If you have any questions for me or, you know, whatever, do not hesitate to reach out. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Ryan. I really do love what you're doing. Uh, you got a super entertaining show and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Thanks, man. And to my listeners, uh, once again, thank you very, very, very much for sticking around for Eric and I tonight. Um, you know, the gift of time is the best thing you can give anybody. So we super appreciate you and your time. Um, if you're out there and you're thinking, hold on, I've got an idea. I, I've got something that can change the world of or through education. Send me a DM. Um, find me on Facebook whatever just get a hold of me let's 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 talk about that thing so i'm going to end us like i've done so many times since the beginning of this whole adventure i'm going to leave you with the words of my grandpa john janoski every time that i would leave his house his last words to me were always ryan until next time i will see you in the fun paper hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.